I get to start? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, you do. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Steve. <laughs> <That's> perfect. <laughs> and uh, glad you're all listening. I'm interviewing today. I'm interviewing Steve. Steve, say hi to the nice people. Friends. I get to be <laughs> interviewed by my wonderful friend, Steve, who you heard last week. Thank you so much for letting me come back. This oh, man. a lot of fun. Well, I hope it's fun for me. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I it think might be. what I hope is I, I get a pretty special perspective of who you are. And I'm, I'm actually going to kind of hope to tease some of that out because you're humble enough of a person where, I, I, anyway, we'll see what happens. I, I will say I, I also asked some friends, um, but I'm, I'm uh, more prideful than you are. So I asked my own friends about you, not your <laughs> friends about you. Okay. And I also asked my kids about you. Really? Yeah. And so some of these questions are, are from them. So oh, it starts so off. Fun. We'd like to know, are you named after anyone? Oh, well, uh, actually, yes. Um, Stephen in the Bible. So, yeah, my, my mom especially is... Claudia. Claudia's a big time, loves Jesus, loves the Bible, loves all that story. And um, it is true that I have, a, I have an uncle named Stephen as well. What? Um, I do. I do I too. Do. PH, really? Yep. I did not know that. Um, but I, and, and so that's who I thought well, I was named after. And my mom said, no, I mean, we, you know, we love him, of course. But no, you're named, you're named after um, the person in the Bible. Uh, now, of course, that guy was killed. <laughs> yep. So, yep. I mean, that, you know, it, it didn't end well for him. Yeah, but I think um, you've lived longer than he did, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, hopefully. good yeah. work. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. But what's funny, though, is we've never really talked much about that. Like, why she did that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't completely know what she was seeing there or what they were seeing. But I assume, and or it, maybe it was my dad. I, I assume it was my mom. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I don't even know. But I do know that it was, it was Stephen in the Bible and... That and Mary and I laugh about this a lot, but like uh, my mom says, now it's it, your name is pronounced Stephen. Really? Yeah, it's not Stephen. And and after and so like I told Mary that when we were getting to know each other, you know, she went, of course Stephen and Stephen. I said, well, it's it's actually Stephen, and she just laughed. I mean, she was like, like me, yeah, right now <laughs> exactly. She's like, okay. <laughs> so did she start calling you Stephen? Oh no. No, no, shit. No. I mean, I think that it was just I'm so. Sorry, it was so sort of hilarious. That it was kind of like, oh, honey, <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> it was kind of like that kind of thing. So, and then, and so like, and I've, I've, I've carried that up until really recently, and finally, I just, I, you know, if someone asks, and no one ever asks, but I, I, I will say, you know, Stephen, because it's just too. So you tried to honor it. This I whole tried time. for so long. Yeah. Look but, at you. Yeah, I, I was. You You're know. perfect. <laughs> Well, Claudia, I Claudia. hope you're happy. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. But, you know, I was it, named yeah. after my uncle, and then I got my baby book, and my mother scrawled on top of it, and Saint Stephen. Okay, so, so. wow, we so we really are wow. <laughs> no, <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, what is something that you really enjoyed during childhood? You know, I loved uh, being alone and making stuff. Um, like I would go up in my room. And I remember one thing, well, a couple, oh, these are all embarrassing, but good. Um, so one of the things I made was uh, a, like Fenway Park. I mean, I, I took a bunch of cardboard 
and I made from scratch, from, right? From scratch. You've told me this, and I made yeah, and you yeah, this you're so thoughtful, and then you got me. Um, no, but keep yeah, going. So um, I so yeah, and, and and I would sort of set up my Star Wars figures as you know shortstop and second base, and but I made the green monster and the I, I got felt and made the grass and the white lines, um, and I just I loved. But I, I didn't do that with anyone. And I, I don't remember who, you know, it was like, I don't think it was a school project. It was just, I wanted to do that. And so, so I did that. And like, we would, my buddies and I would make, um, your buddies that were in the room that nobody else could see. <laughs> well, I, I guess I said comma. And then I also like to make, okay. so yeah. Uh, but there is a funny story that I will say about, um, an imaginary friend that I made. Good. <laughs> Which I'll just say that now, and then I'll get to my buddy. So I'm, Steve, I made a, I put flesh on an imaginary friend named Paul. Did you really? I, so I must have asked for, like, my mom, like, how do I, how, if I wanted to make, a, a, like, a boy-sized person, how mm -hmm. would I do that? Mm -hmm. And so she gave me some, like, bed sheets, you know, and some stuffing like that you could get totally at michaels or wherever yeah. and so i cut it out and then sewed it to you know cut out the head and the arms and the legs and 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 then i drew you know pants on him and, and a face no kidding <laughs> that was paul and it's paul did <laughs> yeah. paul live in your room paul lived in my room yeah yeah, yeah. did he like you um paul didn't say oh <laughs> paul he, what's funny is once he was made I don't remember a whole lot. So, like, oh, wow. he wasn't, like, my best friend I needed to drag around or whatever. Mostly it was I wanted to make him. And then, eh, you and know. I'm grateful Paul. son of a gun. <laughs> exactly. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that he ended up that way. Paul was, you know, I, I, and I, but, like, I don't know. Like, Lisa, my older sister, would probably remember that, uh -huh. you know. Uh -huh. But I haven't, I haven't asked her about it. But, but, but I bet she would remember Paul. Next time you and I sit together mm -hmm. uh, around a microphone, I hope you've asked Lisa what she remembers about Paul. Okay, yeah. I, will, I will do that. Was there more about what you? Because uh, you were well, creative yeah. as a kid, and, yeah. So and even with friends, so with um, buddies, like and, and, and again, Star Wars is just. I mean, I grew up. I was seven when, or six, almost seven when Star Wars: The A New Hope Episode Four came out. Did you get to see it? Oh, yeah, I saw it. My parents took me. It was amazing. Um, and then I became a Star Wars freak. Like, I remember going to Empire Strikes Back, uh, being heartbroken at the end of it when Han Solo is frozen in carbonite, because Han Solo is my favorite guy of all time. And then it's, you know, two and a half years before Return of the Jedi comes out. And I, I like, I can, right, right now, I can think of the line that I was standing in, in Southern California, where You're I grew kidding. up. To get into Return of the Jedi, yeah, and like, you know, we were gonna find out what happened, you know, because so, nobody so. knew, no one. Oh no, I mean, and there's no, you know, back then, of course, there's no internet. There's so there's really no spoilers. I mean, you, you, no one knows. So anyway, so my buddies and I would make we would make spaceships out of you know, like you you get a package, like maybe it's a VCR or something, and it has okay. that that styrofoam yep casing around yep. it. Well, we would take that styrofoam that has a bottom and a top. Yep. That fits together. Yep. And we would cover it with duct tape. And then we oh. would like, we would make a little cockpit, you know, that looked kind of like, but then that was a spaceship. So you could open you it could up. open it up. And then put the guys in there. And so we would make endless things of that. That's yeah. brilliant. 
That was so, I mean, that's that what we did. Like, that's what we did. As Outside, as inside? Outside, where were inside, you? yeah. Well, yeah. both, both. Yeah. Um, my buddy's sandbox became Dagobah, you know, Yoda's home. Yep. So we would flood it. Like, so we would take the, <laughs> yeah, we would take the, we would take a, uh, a hose and flood it, you know, and then it was, it was Dagobah. So we would like crash the, you know, the X-Wing in there and stuff and make it. Well, Another question I have was favorite Star Wars character, and you already said yeah, Han, Han Solo. Solo for sure. What yeah. did you like about Han? You know, I I, I wonder. Um, I mean, first of all, he's just the baddest ass of all time. I mean, just but, okay. But I think I I mean I stuttered as a kid, and I saw myself as pretty safe. And you know, like I remember adults would ask me, Stevie, how are you? And I would always say, Fine, fine. Sure. And I was kind of quiet. So I think I saw in Han Solo sort of the, you know, the the, the rebel renegade badass uh, guy that I wasn't, but maybe wanted to be, or or maybe saw a little shade of that in myself, um, and you know because he was he was again a total badass, but then he had this soft side too that he always tried to hide, but but then it would come out, you know, and he never could get away from saving Luke and Leia. He never could get it fully away from this. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So he was always drawn back in to the good work of, you know, the rebellion. But, um, but he, but he was always almost, you know, he always wanted to appear like he was on the way out, but he never, he never was. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Han. Han. Yeah. For sure. Who's yours? Well, Luke, Luke was really, I mean, for sure, Luke was. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even want to go into why because you so eloquently spoke of Han. There's no way I can even come up to that. Way to go, bro. As a child, yeah. uh, and pick any age yeah. as a child, what did you want to be, what did you think you wanted to be when you had grown up? Well, I'll say this, not a pastor. I mean, literally that, my mom tells me a story when I was seven, I came up to her and said, the way I figure it, I'll be a youth pastor or a pastor. <laughs> and she like, she holds that to me. Wait, so as a seven-year-old, yeah, you yep. literally said. I announced it. The way I figure it. Yep. Well, that's what my mom tells me. And, you know, I, she would remember that. I mean, that like she would probably do you, mark Do you think that. that was said in sorrow? Do you think that was said in excitement? The you way know, I figure it. The way I, the way I figure it. Um. You know, the, the truth is, number one, I have no memory of it, but dang it, I bet I was just trying to please. It, 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 like, I, I bet I somehow intuited that that was going to Everybody really, would be happy yeah, with you. People would be happy if I so be a pastor. what about the moments where you weren't thinking yeah. about what other people thought? What were the other options that didn't make it? I mean, this is going to sound like a cliche, but I really wanted to be a major league baseball player. <laughs> How was that I a cliche? Baseball. Well, I, mean, I didn't know that I don't about know. you. I loved, and I, I mean, I played baseball. Fenway Park. I made, yeah. So, but I was, I was afraid. I think because of my stuttering, I was really afraid to join a little league team until oh. sixth grade. So I didn't, I didn't join. Even though I love watching baseball, my dad would take me to Dodger games and Dodger Stadium. If like for the people that've been to Dodger Stadium, number one, it hasn't really changed in all those years. It's 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 got the palm trees in the back and the these this in left field these weird 
like uh, aluminum uh, sort of roof that shades the people that sit in the outfield and um and footlong dodger hot dogs and vin scully was the announcer back then yep. and he was just this classic i mean one of the best um and so i this is another thing that that i would make up and play by myself but i would i would um go my little backyard in Southern California, which was small because it was, you know, properties are small back there or out, out, out there. And I would, um, I would, uh, get a garbage or a grocery bag, kind of ball it up and then put duct tape around it. So it kind of yep. got to be a big yep. sort of, and then I would, I would throw it up and then hit it. And I, but I would have little things in the, in the backyard where if I hit it in this little spot, Ooh. it was a triple or this little spot, it was a home run or this little spot, it was a single, but all the other spots, it was an out. And I would literally play that like for nine innings, you know, I would keep track of my mind of You're what kidding. Oh no. I mean, then by myself, I mean, for sure. Um, that, that's why, like I say, um, people don't totally believe me when I say I really am an introvert. I mean, I spent a lot of, now I, I played a lot with my sister as well. I mean, we, we were really good friends. My older sister, Lisa, she was not even two years older than me. So we played a ton of stuff together, but I also just, I am, I imagined all kinds of stuff. I so, love that. Or like in the, in the, in the, in the, so this was late seventies, early eighties. I was a big Laker fan too. This is Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So I was out in the front. Um, driveway shooting baskets, you know, but totally imagining that I'm in the NBA finals and Kareem would pass it to Magic and Magic would pass it to Jamal Wilkes and Jamal Wilkes would pass it to, and, and I was doing all this in my mind, um, you know, three, two, one and shooting it. And, you know, so Whoa. what was, years was this? So this would have been probably like 1979, 1980. So the Lakers um, back then were they 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 were called the showtime i mean they were they were so fun to watch because they were super fast and um and it was either the lakers or the 76ers or the boston celtics that went to the championships every every time so wow in, in this little span of years so i mean sports really were a big part of my life like i laugh because they aren't really now but huh i really loved and was good playing baseball basketball and soccer was kind of my three big sports. You're um, you're coaching now. Well, I used to coach. I, I don't coach anymore. I coached my son's team for a couple of years. But how did you enjoy um, that? I loved it. I loved was that it. kind of incredible for you? It was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, it had to be. Um, and but I, and I like I didn't love because um, I coached with Eric Olson. You know. Yeah. So I and I told Eric, I go, Eric, I don't love the strategy of like subbing in and subbing out, but I, I really want to just encourage the guys. I want to, you know, I want to, and that's what I love the most. Like really, wait, did you pastor the team, <laughs> Steve? Did you pastor <laughs> your son's sports I might, team? I might have. Okay, I love those guys actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so present day. Yeah. Uh, my my kids. And I have a question. Why have you not seen The Greatest Showman? That is such a great question. Um, it's a movie with Hugh Jackman. I know. It's a musical. I know. Everyone, it's a winning story. Yeah. Everyone says it's so great. And you got to see it in the theater. And you passed that up. I know. Well, is it gone? Is it is it out of the theater now? It's, it's probably gone. Is, yeah. it, is it gone? It's gone. There's no hope. <laughs> no. There's no hope. There's no new hope either. This is one of those things, though, that like, um, 
you know, Mary and I don't really go out and see movies together. I mean, I, I don't totally. know why. Like, we, we just don't, you know. But there was many an afternoon when I could have gone and seen it, you know. Like the 3 o'clock show or the 1 o'clock show. And I didn't. And I, I it, it is a stupid, like, um, sometimes, and this sounds, ah. Uh, huh? Just let it out. sometimes I can't just go do the fun thing. I have to... Really? Feel like <laughs> you just said really. Um, I didn't yeah. mean anything by it. No, no, no. I, I, and it's not like I, like I don't want to give the impression that oh my gosh, I do. I'm so great at work so much. It, it isn't that because I, <laughs> I honestly really probably don't. But I think I do have a hard time just treating myself to something that's just fun and sort of you know like a one o'clock movie on a Tuesday. Um, and I and I could do that. I mean, you know that. Like we have. Well, you've you supported know. me to to, yeah. to add fun in. So yeah. I think the next chance you have, you have to watch The Greatest Showman. Okay. And then you have to get back to my kids and I. Okay, I will. And, and tell us that you you do I've think it's it. better than any other movie you've seen, Steve. Don't oh. just take it okay. in. Okay. Okay. Okay, Steve. You've you have for many reasons been in lots of rooms. You've oh. traveled as a kid, uh, lived in in uh, Belgium. Mm-hmm. And as a speaker, you've been in lots of different rooms. Yeah. Now, as an artist myself, I love rooms. So my question to you is, what has been a favorite room you've been in? Whether to live in, whether to speak in, whether to hear a show in. What's a room that's memorable and why? Um, okay, can I say a couple? I wish you would. So for speaking, and, and this is going to sound, but Genesis all the way. like Sabus Theater. Yep, Sabus Theater in St. Louis Park is my favorite place to be with the community, to speak. I feel like I can be 100% me. And people who aren't pastors don't totally know like what a huge thing that is. Like to be the senior pastor at a church and to be able to say, now, okay, 100% might be overstating it by 4%, you know, because sure. no one gets to just totally just, you know, say every single thing. they. But but as much as is appropriate, <laughs> um, I feel like I can be absolutely myself. Uh, and the people at Genesis are so, they just lean in, they engage, yeah. they... I love them. I mean, and I, you know, people say, oh, how, how's it been planting a church? You know, has it killed you? And I just, oh my, no way. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, it's, um, and sure, it's been hard uh, at times, but mostly I love it. So that that room, bar none, I, I look forward to speaking there. But I also look forward to seeing other people like that I love, know and love speak in that room. So when I'm sitting where I sit, you know where I sit. Yep. And you're speaking, or Deva is speaking, or yeah. Steph Spencer is about to speak this week, or Dan Cook, or Becky Patton, or whoever. And I get to be there, and I get to see you guys or or whoever uh, experience the love that goes back and forth yeah. between that community. Like that's that's as good as 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 me, you know. So so that room is the best to speak in, and I and truly, I mean, I really haven't. There, there is not a better room. Um, wow. And, and, and different rooms are fun for different reasons, yeah. right? But um, for a show, um, so when I was in Belgium, yep. 1984, okay. I saw The Alarm and U2 play uh, Unforgettable Fire. So that, that, that was the record what? that U2, so that's Pride in the Name of Love, The Alarm, 
supported and and the room was this probably about 5000 seat um uh theater and there's no assigned seats wow what and steve here's what happens so i'm 13 everyone is in the parking lot essentially of this you know space where there's no assigned seats so everything is general general mission and the only entrance to this thing is about a i don't know what you know three foot wide space and when the gun goes off and when the doors go open, everyone, you know, 5,000 people make it through that little space. Oh, my goodness. So there's there's moments where as a 13-year-old kid, oh, it's complete fire code. But going in, like, you're being lifted at times and being carried along with the, with the mob. Whoa. I mean, you're, like, you're, 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 like, and, and I saw several different concerts at this venue. Like, I saw Foreigner, um, Foreigner 4, um, that, All right. that, that record there. Um, I saw... I think I saw Simple Minds there. Hmm. Remember, um, don't you forget about me. Yeah. Um, so that room was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. And we would like smoke cloves. And I mean, it was, so that was back in the 80s in Europe. And so you would, I mean, we didn't smoke anything illegal, but there was a lot of fun, fun, wow. just stuff going around. I saw The Cure in that arena. Um, Amazing. So that was, that was really fun. Um, And then I'm trying to think of like a quiet space that I've enjoyed. <laughs> Just trying. Just where is it? Where is that quiet space? <laughs> you know, the truth is I, I love my little office right over there. That yeah. I've written a couple of books in that office and I write my yeah. songs in that office. And that, um, you know, that is, a, that is a good space too. Do you love the yeah. weeping willow out, out the window? I actually do. Yeah. 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 I do. All right, thanks. Yeah. Uh, favorite sci-fi movie would be. Do 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 you count Star Wars as yeah. sci-fi? Yeah. Uh, well, definitely. Um, then I would have to say. I mean, I would still say Episode Four, A New Hope. I mean, Star Wars. Oh. Yeah. Favorite drama. Oof. Um. Um. Favorites are hard for me, but what comes to my mind right now is Life Is Beautiful. Do you remember that little film? Probably 20 years ago. It was really about, it was Roberto Benigni. He starred in it and directed it. It won. Did it win Best Picture that year okay. or something? All right. But it's about the concentration camps in um, World War II. Uh, and Benigni plays um, a Jew with a little daughter. Whoa. And they both go to the concentration camp. That hit you. And he fathers his daughter through that concentration camp by sort of making it a game and on one level it's really offensive like oh my gosh that's not a game you know right. like holy shit but on another level um it's a father's love oh man uh and doing whatever it takes to help your child make it through something that's horrific and unbelievable um, so life is beautiful is definitely uh, top five for sure. Um, that is that's a breathtaking movie. But 
you know, some it, it's subtitles. It's you know, so like some people may be like what, but I it it killed me. Take it in. Yeah, it killed me. Yeah. What don't you like about favorites? It's hard for me to pick. You know, like because I might pick a different thing five days from now. Man, I so understand. Yeah. That. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but so also, what, yeah. So, what's your favorite drink? <laughs> right now <laughs> um you know negroni is one of my favorite drinks right now for sure um and we're enjoying one right now that's so fantastic. that's so good um but also like i just would say um it, you know looping this to friendship which is your um like like you're wealthy in friendship i said last week but my friends are becoming good bartenders, you know, mm-hmm. like so Stefan and Micah and Becky even. And so, you know, when I'm with them, I'll just say, what are you like playing with lately and make me that, you know? Yes. And so that's part of why I don't like favorites too, because. It locks you in. Yeah. That, that assumes every time you go here, you're going to order this, you know, and I just don't like that. Like I don't, I like to. I like to spread it wide and say, well, what's, you know, like I, when I go to a restaurant, if it's a small restaurant, I will say, what's the chef's favorite right now? Like what, like, what is the chef loving to make right now? And then, you know, as long as it's not, you know, like octopus in, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, like, okay, let's do that. Um, Because that's fun, right? I mean, like. It's awesome. You know, um, or like with bartenders, hey, what like again? Even if I don't know them, like what what are you loving to make right now? Yep. Um, you get to taste something that somebody enjoyed creating. Yeah, yeah, is a is a high value. I like that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Who's your favorite uh, Genesis Church member? <laughs> Mary. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> See what he did. There. Nice work oh there. Gosh. I like yeah. that. Yeah. In our community. And thanks to your leading and, and, and Mary's leading, we talk a lot about new beginnings mm-hmm. and these small, sometimes insignificant moments yeah. of our life. Uh, you're saying actually sometimes are the biggest things yeah, happening. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What is a new beginning that you're noticing, um, struggling over, excited about? What is something that is fresh for you? Um, oh man, I, um, okay, so I'm going to go there. Okay. But, um, this is fresh I mean, this is really fresh. Thank you. So for Lent, we're in Lent right now. Yep. Um, for Lent, I gave up a couple of things and one Did of them. Did you give up what I told you to give up or <laughs> you pick something else? <laughs> it's a joke. I didn't tell you anything. Um, so one of the things was social media, and it's been great. I mean, I, so I've been off social media for um, however long Lent has been. But then the other one was um, I like to make a cocktail at night, you know, and just I like to sit with the cocktail, uh, sometimes two. Ah, uh, it's great. And I decided at the beginning of Lent that I was going to give that up when I was alone. Like, and by alone, I mean with Mary watching a show or whatever, or sometimes alone. Um but, you know, if I was with a friend, then, then I would be free. To, it wasn't like I was giving up alcohol for Lent. It was just that I was, I was giving up that nightly totally. to relax thing. And um, about two weeks into it, um, I honestly was feeling like this is, yes, this is hard. 
but this is also not um this is not touching the part of me that lent needs to touch whoa which is dependence and um and like sort of looking at desire and saying okay you know what in me needs to turn toward god and turn away from something what i felt pretty consistently in my spirit and even in prayer was um you're this you're you're like you're trying to get some gold stars here by by not having your drink and, and like instead of just like okay you know um are you are you a terrible dad right now are you are you a terrible husband are you Steve. are you losing it at work or like is anyone talking to you about like oh my gosh like that nightly drink is really ruining your life no um well then i don't know maybe that's a gift and you know now i want to say obviously that's my fresh thing it's not right. everybody's fresh thing you got to wrestle that down like i have and like i do but the fresh thing is um god works with each of us very individually and very particularly right so the incarnation is particular in Jesus, right? So we yeah. we know that Jesus came and but Jesus comes to each of us particularly. The the I love that. Right? And so the incarnation shows up to us and says, "Don't follow a formula or a rule or a but be with me and and let's talk," right? So when I started to feel like this this Lent thing feels dumb to me or feel dumb is not the right word, but like it's pulling out of me not not what it needs to. Of course, I felt like, well, you're just saying that because you want to have your nightly drink, right? right. So, yeah. and 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 that was that was what I thought I was doing. So I talked to Mary about it because because when you're in Lent, I mean, you don't you don't just you know make a decision like, well, I'm going to give that up. No, uh, I'm going to give up my giving it up. Like you should, probably shouldn't make that alone, um, even if it feels like you're sensing that there's a different thing. So I talked to Mary and. And she really helped me to see, yeah, um, why don't you, why don't you, like, maybe just before you pour the drink, which is fine, just, and not to not have it, or but just sit with God and do an examine, you know, just like, wow. how's my day? Just like, so basically she was saying, just, just add a, a short, doable, enjoyable practice, um, that 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 allows you to sort of like um collect your day before you automatically go to something that really does you yeah. know it, it it changes your body chemistry and, and that was really shifts. helpful yeah yeah and like so 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 going to god and saying okay this is what i was grateful for today this is what i felt where i felt alone allows me before i just pour the drink i was like this is how i'm gonna relax it allows me to to meet God in my need. And then even to put a pause. And then sometimes, oh, well, maybe I don't. And I don't want that. But it's want, you know, not need. And it, so does that make sense? So Absolutely. That's, Thank you. Yeah. That's really fresh for me. Um, yeah. I appreciate that. That's that's exciting. I think it's beautiful. And you also mentioned in there something enjoyable. That, that's yeah. your, your spirituality yeah. or your call to yourself could actually be enjoyable. 
do you have any other sentences to put to that? Because that's that's awesome. Well, I think most of us, you know, and and for most of my life, I I wouldn't have said it, but I would have said I believed it if someone were to like press me or cut me. I would have bled out. Spiritual practices are hard. They're yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to be a discipline. Good disciplines are hard. They're supposed to be challenging. You don't want to do them. You don't want to do them, and the more you don't want to do them, probably the more you should do them. And I, I you know, maybe there's a season for that. Um, maybe there is. Um, but mostly, I think, like, we have to think for our kids like what do we tell our kids like how do we want to be around our kids like because this is relational spiritual practices are relational so like okay kids when you're around me i want you to experience hard i want you to experience you don't want to do it i want you to experience you know a lot of failure or is it like when you're around me kids i the, the memory I want you to have of me is I love you. I like to be with you. When I'm with you, I want to see what you like. Like, I, I, I want to see what you, so what do you do? Like, I mean, Steve, I don't think I've told you this story, but um, when I was 17, living in Circle Pines, yep. um, I was not connected to God really at all. So okay. what, what, what happened was very bizarre. But I was shooting baskets in the, in the front yard, and I had lowered the hoop so I could dunk. And... I wasn't praying at that time. I wasn't, I didn't have, I mean, but in that moment, somehow, some way, I sensed God saying, um, do a dunk for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So like, and so I did, you know, and that, that invitation has stayed with me. Like God actually wants to see us in our joy. You know, so like, what do you love doing? Um, what about if that became your time with God? You know, let's play music or writing or, you know, like, and that would just be a posture shift. You know, it's like, hey, as I write or as I play music or as I, whatever I do that I love, hey, you know, just like shift the camera. Like, hey, are you here? Yeah, you're here. Um, wow. And what if we saw that as our time with God? I think lots of other things would open up. You know, for sure. Imagine if the world caught us doing something that we enjoy yeah. doing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I would say about about that. Enjoyable, repeatable, doable. That's kind of what I'm telling people these days about the spiritual life. Hey, friends, we'll get right back to the podcast in a minute. But I wanted to take some time to thank you for listening. I also wanted to point you to where you can find my other work. If you go to steveweens.com, my website, you can find links to buy my books, to read my blog. And also, if you want to, you can invite me to speak to your tribe. When my schedule allows, I love to travel and do that. Lastly, you can check out patreon.com slash thisgoodword and consider becoming a supporter of This Good Word. Uh, For as little as $2 a month, you can get access to content that I only publish on Patreon. Right now, I'm going through a series on Lent. So if you subscribe now, you can get access to a weekly blog dedicated to helping you reflect and enter into Lent a little more fully. Hey, if you enjoy This Good Word, please head on over to 
iTunes and leave a rating and a review. It's a really good way to help me spread the message of this good word. Thanks so much. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah. A lot of people look at you and say, you, you must be Iron Man. You are, um, you, you're writing, you're preaching, um, you're leading a staff, you are gathering people, you're traveling. Um, but I know you. How does fear play for you? What, what uh, relationship do you choose to have with fear? And, and what are the stories that, that you have around who you are and what you're afraid of? What a great question. Um, so fear... Um, so I'm a three on the Enneagram and we've talked about I'm how sorry. that's helpful and not helpful. <laughs> I know threes tend to, threes tend to be able to do a lot and that can be motivated by a lot of things. But for a three, um, like if you write a book, if three writes a book, I'm afraid not of good, like bad publicity or, or like a lot of bad reactions. I'm afraid of no reaction. Okay. You know, yep. like yawn. I'm afraid of yawn. Yep. We have a sermon. Oh, that was terrible. Oh, that was great. Fives and ones, you know. Yep. Um, and so um, fear typically doesn't paralyze me. It typically doesn't make me stop creating or stop. But in an unhealthy way, I can just say, okay, well, double down. I'm going to make something in order to conquer fear. Um but if it's fueled out of that place, I'm going to make something to conquer fear. It's usually not um, that good. In fact, like, okay, so Steve, today's Thursday. Normally I have a my podcast out by Thursday morning. I have no podcast out right now. Oh. Um, and so when I got home today, I and I had a, one outlined, you know, and I started recording it. It was on this topic that I'm not going to say. Um, but I got about 12 minutes into it and I just said, this is crap. Hmm. <laughs> I've never done that before. Actually. I'm wow. truly, truly, I've never just stopped a podcast recording and say like, I'm, I can't, I mean, it's just, this is not baked enough. Um, so fear was fueling me to, to record, record this thing that wasn't ready. Um, and then, but then I think I've grown a little bit enough to say, okay, you know what? We're not going to put something out. Like fear was in the driver's seat there. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert says fear is part of your life. I mean, you can't say I'm going to conquer fear. I'm going to kick fear's ass. Like that doesn't help actually. Um, but she says, you know, like fear can drive, can ride in the back seat of the car. Yep. Fear just can't drive, or and, 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 and fear doesn't get to like choose the Play radio, the radio. Station, you know, right? And so, um, so I like that. I, I'm trying to live that way, um, but because I'm a mixed bag, some of what I create will be based out of my fear of disappearing, you know, um, and sometimes I'll start creating something like today, and I'll realize, you know. This is not okay. No, <laughs> no. So, um, gosh, 
What do you choose to believe about um, yourself? Or how do you... Because I experience you as a very gentle person. Mm -hmm. And um, anybody who's wrapped up in fear is not going to be described as a gentle person. So maybe what are a couple things that you think of when you're dealing with this fear to get back to this humble place, this gentle place? Well, I think um, when I'm in a good place, you know, when I'm in a resourced place, mm -hmm. um, it's funny, but I don't know if you're like this, but I'll think of my kids, you know, and like, yeah, that helps. They just Ben, Elijah, Isaac, like I'll, I'll picture their little faces. I think of your kids too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, can you see their faces? They're perfect. They're amazing. Right. And so I really will sometimes say, and, and in fact, Steve, I, I like yesterday, I, I actually did this. I don't know if I named it as fear, but I was, I was spiraling a little bit or I was feeling the need to create something and get something done to get value. And it's funny, I was walking right up those stairs and, but then I thought, how about just like, okay, instead of thinking about the next thing that you're going to create that brings you value, think about, just think about your kids and what, I mean, not to get, try real hard with that, but like, think about spending time with them and, like, what are we going to do this Saturday? And are we going to, you know, play Legos or are we going to go outside or are we going to... Um, so I think, because I think when I feel like, what am I going to create so that I can get some value? That is fear. I mean, that's that's fear saying yeah. you're disappearing. You're not okay right now. Yep, yep. And the three wakes up every morning saying, I've done nothing, so I need to do something big today. Yeah. And so I think remembering my relationships is really helpful. Um, and even like um, I have a little, um, I made this little model Ford Bronco. It's, I'll, I'll show it to you. It's in my, um, it's on my desk. Yeah, yeah I've heard about yeah. this. So, so my picture in the mornings is me and Jesus in the truck, surfboard yep. in the back. And it's just whatever we do today, it's us. It's just the two of us. And that's a picture too that draws me back to relationship and just me and Jesus in the truck, whatever happens, mm. we're together, you know, me and him. And when I can return to that, which is not always, um, that's very grounding for me. Yeah. Um, that's very a very grounding picture because it's it's not producing, it's not creating, it's just being, yeah. right? And so, like, a I few, love that yeah, having a picture, yeah. yeah. Well, well, for me, that was huge because I think I'm my and you're you're the same way. It's like, I think I mean, but our imaginations are going like crazy. So all the time, like we might as well have a picture of something. I don't think in words. I think in pictures, you know, um, and then they, they they become words. But I think of yeah. Jesus in the bottom of the boat sleeping. Yeah. And all the disciples falling off the boat and I just keep sleeping. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let those bastards drown. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but I think it's important to have those, those pictures that we go back to, you know? Um, yeah. So in, in, um, a city where you've been a pastor for a long time. Yeah. And even in the, in the time that I've known you, you have transformed, uh, almost eternally, one could say from, um, who you, who you have been to who you are now at Genesis and at Savis Theater. How do you live in the same town as you are transforming from pastor to pastor to pastor? 
And some people that come to Genesis have known you from yeah. this place or from this place or when you cared more about this or when you were saying this more. And how do you reconcile all of that? Yeah, like essentially the question, let me see if I'm getting it right, but like how do I, because um, I have been a pastor here in town for 15 years in the Twin Cities and I've been a different kind of pastor for at least probably three or four different multiple iterations. Roles, yeah. Yeah. Multiple roles, yeah. multiple identities. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, but let me think. I, 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 for a while I was, I mean, it, it really mattered to me to, to be the pastor of a big church, you know? Yeah. And I think somewhere along the line that really did die in me. Um, whether it got killed or whether yeah. I killed it. Um, and I, you know, it's funny cause I was just at Genesis two, two or three weeks ago. I, uh, someone came that, uh, used to be a member at open door, uh, which is a bigger church. And they said, they go, you like, you like being a pastor of a small church, don't you? Huh? You know? And I was like, yeah, I, I really do, actually. Um, it, or, or someone referred to Genesis just a couple days ago that I was having coffee with them, and they referred to it as tiny, you know? And, oh, my gosh, Steve, like five years ago, if I was the pastor of a tiny church, that oh, would have pissed me off. That I mean, killed like, you. Like, what? They're, yeah. I mean, we're not tiny. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I would have probably said something about the stats. Like, well, you know, statistically, we're I – mean, I probably <laughs> would have. I mean, that's so funny, right? Um but I think, no, I mean, like now I get to, I get to know people and I'm not saying my ego isn't big in other areas, but, um, like, you know, I'm texting with Carol today, who is our oldest, is member. our oldest member. And I'm trying to figure out when I can go see her. Um, cause she's sort of essentially bedridden, not bedridden, but she's, she can't even come to church, you know, and, and that's what I'm doing. Like where I never would have done that five or 10 years ago. That just wouldn't have been on my radar. Um, and it seems like you love it. Steve. I, I do. And I, I, I don't like something did change, um, where I wanted to be a Eugene Peterson kind of pastor. Um, and also though, I would say reading Nadia Boltz Weber's first book, mm -hmm. um, the Pastrix, because she's a small church pastor, essentially. I mean, she's got a big platform and she travels all over the place. But when you read her book, you realize, like, no, she's really just a... And we know we know someone that goes to her church. So, like, I mean, and again, I'm sure she's a human being with strengths and weaknesses. But but I, I, I moved from being a past... Wanting to be a pastor of a big place. Yeah. To actually liking knowing people. I was with someone today, actually, who said that that what what hooked them into our community was the fact that when you preach, I know people's names. Right? You know people's yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. You, when they, you when, know exactly what's unique about that. When they say stuff. Yeah. yeah. What other what other uh, leader will take the time to learn? I mean, practically, you can call almost anyone by name unless it's their first Sunday. Yeah. And I that's stunning. In that, uh, I I have been a worship pastor for many senior pastors 
And I will, I will say that one of the things that I love about you is it seems like you're learning how to participate inside the community that you've actually created. And has that been hard? Has that been a no-brainer? How have you chosen uh, that? Um... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is a great question, actually. So, like, I would point to, Steve, the peacemaking cohort that I'm a part of um, that you're leading, right? Yep. But that when you first started the first one, you invited any one of us to be a part of it, but not as staff member, not yeah. as pastor, not as whatever. You, you, you can come, right? Did I say that? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. <laughs> big time. And like Katie and Kristen and Kara, they all, you know, they all quoted that, you know, like many times. I mean, you were adamant about that. Um, you can come. But you have to come as but you. you have to come as you. Yeah, as a member of the community, right? So actually, you know, I mean, I mean, we're, but it's Thursday, Tuesday night, we had our cohort. I, yep. I, I skipped. Steve, I don't think I would have felt the freedom to not go if I was Steve, the senior pastor. Wow. Um, and I needed to not go. I mean, we were, yep. it was just you had lots stuff, of stuff man. going on. And, um, and I hated to miss. I'm not going to miss much, but, um, but being in that room led by you and um, some of it was like I had to choose a room like that where I wasn't leading. And that, that has been good um, for me to be in that room with those people, share my thoughts when it's appropriate to share and have them see me share some of my thoughts um, that are hopefully appropriate to share. Because in that um, room everybody else knows to interact with you as if you're just another church. Yeah. Member. Oh, and, and they do. And so the walls yeah. are down yeah. and you get hit with the same questions mm -hmm. as everybody else. Yeah. And it's great because no one, like no one said, Hey, by the way, you know, Steve Weens is here as a, you know, like no one said that, but because I'm there and not leading and you're leading and, um, it's, it's actually beautiful. So I think that's, that's one example of a choice I had to make. Like, how am I going to come into this space? Um, am I going to come into it as Steve, the guy who wants to learn about peacemaking? Or Steve Weens, is, you know, the senior pastor who sort of, you know, should be a part of it. Cause, you know, and, yep, and that's, that's right on the edge there. But um, so, I, but I struggle with that still too, though, like participation, like, because I am an introvert, I don't naturally want to say yes to all the things I could say yes to. Uh, and that's okay. I know, I, I, I really know that's okay, but I'm like, I've told you, um, I'm also learning that sometimes when I think I need time alone, I actually need to be with people. Wow. Um, you know, we've, you know, we've talked about that. Yeah. So, um, so I'm learning. It, it's all a big learning, but Genesis for me is a safe space for me to, to go back and forth and learn and not to, you know, like if I fall off the edge of too much time alone, yep. I'll come back and yep. then I might fall off the edge of too much time with people. And then, you know, um, but I feel like it's safe to do that. Like no one's, you know, grading me. Um, maybe they are, but they're being nice if they are. So you have made a space for me to learn how to live on staff as a community member. Mm. You've, you've allowed me to be who I am um, as a staff member and have friends in the community. Yeah. 
What have you learned about um, just that friendship in the community as a senior leader? What what kinds of things do you hope live on um, now that you've experienced some things for the first time, maybe yeah. lately? Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, because at some point, Genesis will have a different senior leader. Right. Right. I mean, let's say yep. that out loud. I mean, who knows Hopefully, when that's going to be. I think, yeah. Right. So that right. it lives on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so some of how I think about that is like, um, as the first senior pastor of Genesis, in some ways I'm, I'm laying some expectations or tracks down. So I certainly, um, am aware of that. Um, and so I, 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 and I am friends with people in the, in the community and at times I'm their pastor Yep. And at times I'm their friend. Yep. And that switching those hats is really hard. Yeah. Um, because I'm limited and 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 because um, and I think you're similar, but, but it's like And being limited. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, like, what I was about to say is like like wanting to love people, wanting to be there for people, yeah. wanting to not disappoint people. Absolutely. But also knowing that gosh, I can't, um, I, 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 I can't say yes to everything that even I want to. Right. So I, I'm, um, I'm learning. It's okay to learn mm-hmm. even at 47. I'm mm-hmm. learning. It's okay to, um, to, to cancel sometimes Yep. when I, I'm just too overwhelmed and to feel like I'm I'm not now going to be in the penalty box forever with that person. Don't you think that you know? uh, it's been bred into us that if if we as leaders cancel something, it's such an immediate we'll find I'm out. Oh yeah, from yeah. the other person yeah. that there's no Done. second chance. No. And that what if there's actually a relationship that lasts longer than yeah. one incident? Yeah, like they'll stick around to see the next round, and. I think, Steve, you and I are gifted to be in a community that is filled with more people like that. Yeah. That, you know, even if there's they're disappointed in you or me. Right. Um, and I give I give them opportunity to be. Me too. Oh my <laughs> gosh, me too. But there's not this immediate like I'm out or you know, um totally. And maybe even a, like I might like someone might talk to me me about that. Like, hey, you know, that was you know, hurtful or, oh, you know, um, and then I'll have, you know, oh, sorry. Oh my gosh. Um, so I think I'm learning to be a human being, bro, as a pastor of this church, you know, wow. I think I love, that. and that's a gift. I mean, that's a real gift. Thank you. You mentioned that you might not always be the senior pastor of Genesis, which brings up the question, uh, when are we going to get Mary Weens? I know. Oh, my gosh. Let me like to preach and do like, let me tell you, that is my that is a real deep, deep desire for me to try to just let her know we all feel the same. I know. I I, will. You know, to her to her credit, she says she's not in that space right now. Yeah, she's she's not in that preaching space. Yeah. And I, I, I believe her. I that's fine. We are all waiting. We're all waiting patiently. Yep. So Mary, I know you're listening to this. Um, we are waiting, and there's no pressure on that. We'll wait as long as it takes. We will. Absolutely. We can't wait. 
So uh, I find it helpful to imagine the end of the story mm-hmm. in my work, in my art, in, in my family. What's the end? And then reverse engineer from there. Okay. And Now we're talking about my, like, me? Well, what I'm saying is, how, how do you see the end of all things? Oh, Lord. Right? So if, if it all started with a word yeah. in the beginning, and we're about beginnings, yeah. I think oftentimes it's also helpful to go, how do we see it ending? Yeah. Or, or, or at least what do you see as the farthest out? And how does that help you set a course for what you're headed towards? Well, um, if it began with a word, but you know, which I, I believe it did, I believe it does end with the reconciliation of all things. I, I just, Steve, I can't see God not reconciling all things. Come on. I, I, I cannot imagine that the beautiful, creative, incarnated God who looks like Jesus doesn't, at the end of all things, reconcile all things. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm going for. That's what I'm shooting for. Um, and that's why I think it's really important not to rule anyone out. Yeah, how does that play out today then? So reconcile all things. Great. Yeah. There's one way to see that as God with the magic wand. Yeah. Who at the end of times, when he decides this is the last day, he decides yeah. it's the yeah. last day. Yeah. Right. Okay. It, everything is now reconciled. I don't think you believe that is going to happen. Yeah. Well, I see where you're going with that. Like, I, I think, um, so think of the person that you, that pisses you off. Um, theologically, um, in terms of politically, relationally, you know, think of that person, get that person in your mind. We all have that person. And the invitation, if it's true that, that God is always at work, always making all things new and the end word is reconciliation, then, oh my Lord, we are invited to take one step towards that person. Now, that doesn't mean 50 steps. And that doesn't mean reconciliation is possible with every single person at this point in time. Like we can get lost in all kinds of, you know, theological rumblings. And but but I but I like what I'm learning late, this would be another fresh thing. It's like there's people that I'm having lunch with and coffee with and even getting into little groups with who really I'm getting into little groups with them because they think really differently than me. Mm. And I'm finding unbelievable joy in that. Mm. I mean, truly, really, really, really. Um, And so I think if that's true, if I believe that for real, then I'm invited to move toward um, that which is different for me. Those who think um, differently, (laughs) those who see differently, it goes back to your Psalm 23 thing that at the end of the day, there's a table um, that's created for us and our enemies. And sometimes our enemies is ourselves. Yeah. You know, we have to really wrestle that one down. But, um, and it, 
and I don't mean what I just said in some try hard way, like, oh, you gotta really, you know, I mean, like in this, in this very surrendered, very, oh gosh, you know, like, Lord, I can't, I can't even think about loving that person today. That's the person. Yeah. Um, but then that's when I think the incarnate God that looks like Jesus meets us and goes, yeah, I know, I know where you've been. What do you want the person who's right now going, that's all fine and good, but my scenario is not important enough to think that it's, it's that integral to yeah. the end of all things. How yeah. do we elevate the, the everyday scenarios that we actually live in to this place of they are important? Well, I think everything is connected and every little reaction is is a part of a huge <laughs> um, arc that is building something and going somewhere. So if someone cuts you off in traffic and you just, I mean, you know how that feels? Inside? Absolutely. Like, it actually yeah. feels like a violation. Like right. it's, it's much bigger than we think. I don't feel seen. No. I like, feel valued. Yeah. yeah. But then, then you immediately go, well, I mean, it's, like this doesn't even matter. I mean, it's, but to the degree that we don't then take that hurt and go like, okay, God, wow, I, that just felt like a violation. Um, and I, I don't know what to do with that. But, but it really feels like that reaction that I had was bigger than the thing. So um, now I'm going to – and, and I'm, I'm sort of nice. like let's, let's imaginatively pray through that scenario. So imagine the driver that cut you off. Imagine that their mom just got diagnosed with cancer. We don't know that, but we don't know anything. So imagine that their wife just told them, I'm out. Imagine that their adult child just said, I never want to talk to you again. Imagine that they just found out they have cancer. I mean, there's just a million scenarios that doesn't make your reaction any smaller. But now I want to, now it raises curiosity. Like now I want to know about that person. Now I can't just put that person in terrible enemy you just cut me off in traffic and if we can learn how to do that with someone who cut, cut us off in traffic right if we can learn to do that with that person then we might even be able to learn how to do that with our spouse Lord. who hurts us but if we can't do it with the traffic you know like well like we're never going to learn how to do it with our spouse yep so i, I think that's why the little things really matter are you saying that the end of all things, the peace, the reconciliation of all things, will be found uh, in part by noticing the moments where we are super pissed off? And what oh, we yeah. choose yeah. to do with that will bring us closer yeah. to reconciliation in the end, being in peace, or closer to destruction and pain? Absolutely. And I would also say the end of all things is not, it's, it already exists. Hmm. It exists. It already exists. It's right here and right now. And we can tap into that field of energy, that resurrection. That's what resurrection is. And so to the degree that we choose destruction, vengeance, violence to ourselves or another person, we are 
turning away from that the end of all things, which I believe is already right here, right? In, like it's it's, yep. it's 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 traveling um, parallel to this universe right now, yep. and we can jump the tracks and we can be on that, or we can just we can keep choosing to live a kind of hell on earth, which could be as small as as trying to get vengeance on the person that cut us off in traffic or, you know, trying to pay our spouse back that, you know, said that thing that they never yep. should have said. And they never should have said it. I mean, they shouldn't have, but right. they said it. And now you have to react to it. Um, and I'm not saying you have to forget, oh, just forget. But like, now I have to do some work. Okay, that really hurt. Um, what will I do with that? Will I minimize it? Will I overblow it? Will I take it to God? Will I bring it up in my end of the day prayer where I collect myself, you know, will I bring it back to the, to the person that hurt me and say, Oh wow. You know, I believe the best about you, but what you said really hurt me. Can we talk about that? You know, like this is, um, the end of all things in a sense is already happening and we can join that or we can join hell on earth right now and we can, and we've all experienced both. We've all tasted that. We've all tasted both. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and that's not pressure, you know, like one or the other in or out. It's just like, okay, well, the little things matter because if I don't learn how to do it with little things, I won't learn how to do it with the big things. I think that's, I just think that's a truth in life, you know, I think. I love that. I think that it resonates with my life. Well, you've, you've one more question. Yeah, one more. Sure, but I was gonna say, I know that it resonates with you because I've seen you make those choices hmm. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, bro. So, yeah. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask people I love is, how do you pray? Ah, and in a way to say, how would you encourage me to pray? Yeah. Okay, so I do believe prayer um, and our movements in prayer, you know, flows in and out of experiences. So um, I've been praying with less words these days because words just seem so, um, I mean, spoken words yep. can seem so pressure filled. I got to find the words to say to God. Oh my gosh. But for me, um, if I break out my journal and my pen, and what I do is I just start writing things down, whatever comes to my mind. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm talking yep. to, to God, to Jesus, to the Spirit, um, to the Father, Spirit, Son, whatever. And then if I feel like the, the Spirit, the Son, the Father says something to me, I'll put it in brackets, you know. Really? I'll literally put it in brackets on, on my journal. And I don't worry too much about whether it is or isn't. I don't, I don't suss that out until later, you know. But I feel like, oh. So I'm trying to have a conversation, you know, where I'll say like, oh man, I was really anxious yesterday about whatever. Um, and then, and then I'll sometimes feel like, I, like a question. Um, well, do you think it was about that? You know? And so I'll bracket that and then I'll respond to that. Well, it could be about that. Um, I'm not totally sure. Um, and then I'll, there might be another bracket. And the key to that kind of prayer is I'm not worrying about, is it God? Is it not God? That will all play out later. You know, you're just in the moment mm -hmm. going where, wherever it, it takes you. Yep. 
And, um, you know, for some people there were, they're, they're spoken, you know, so like that would work great spoken. Um, Hi, Mary. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Mary. Uh, we were just talking about you. I thought you would be done. Just gonna let the dog out. All right, let oh, the dog good. out. Oh, good. Do you want? Do you want to say anything real quick? Can we? Can we ask you a question real quick, babe? Okay. Okay. Oh wow. Uh oh. She just said okay. All right. Sidle up to the chair here. We're gonna <gasps> ask you a question for sure, for real. Okay. I don't, don't oh my lord. Well, who knows? We're just... Is all of this on there? Oh, yeah. This is... We're recording. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hi, Mary. Hi. Hi, Steve. <laughs> um, all right, Mary. We were just talking about prayer. Oh, okay. I just called you Mary, which I never do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you call her usually? Babe, sweetie. Um, so Steve asked me this great question. How do you pray? And I was like, oh, my gosh. It, you know, it depends on... It, but then I was saying like how I journal and then I journal like my, like here's what's going on. And then I put it in brackets if I think it's God and I don't worry about whether or not it really was God and stuff. So do you have any thoughts on prayer these days? Like how it is that you pray or how it is that you, um, yeah. Yeah. Can I, they can hear me from over oh, here? Oh, sure. But you can sit here so that people can hear you better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was told today by Steve that I speak softly except for when I'm on the telephone. That's really true. She, <laughs> then I'm like an old a lady. Soft voice, but when she gets on that phone, her little mama. So if I talk to any of you on the telephone, I apologize for shouting in your ear. <laughs> Isn't this delightful? Mary Martin Ween. Everybody, this is just podcast. I'm in my jammies. <laughs> Oh my goodness, those are your jammies? Yeah, aren't they cute? I had no idea. They're adorable. Thank They're you. Cute. Yeah. Um, so prayer. Yeah. I mean, I would say what I find is that um, it changes with every season. Yeah. And um, something will bring life, and then all of a sudden it won't bring life, and I won't feel like I'm connecting with God, or something will be just dry there and then it's a waiting period and then something new emerges um and so for me what's bringing life right now in prayer is um i will usually get in some sort of restorative yoga pose so my body is really able to relax and i'll breathe i'll breathe in and out and in and out and i'll usually do a breath prayer that has a certain number of syllables so fewer syllables on the way in and more syllables on the way out because our exhale can um, relax us. That uh, actually stimulates our parasympathetic nervous yeah, system. Um, and so I might breathe in loving presence. That would be four syllables. I might breathe out healing, joyful, loving presence, which would be eight syllables in four out eight. Um, so that's something I might do, or um, a lot of times my prayer is really visual these days. There mm -hmm. aren't a lot of words. I find when I try to pray with words, mostly I just say, good morning, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, there are pictures in my mind that I have of just 
meeting with God in different places. And then we just be together with breathing. And can I ask you a follow-up to that? Like, yeah. Because I know there, there were seasons where that was true, and then the pictures, and mm-hmm. you're with God in the pictures, and then right. there was a season where that wasn't true. Like right. you couldn't find it. Right. But then that's back again? Yeah. The pictures are back. Hmm. Yeah. For me, this moment right now is eternal because when we were planting Genesis, yeah. we were at a house and I was struggling mm-hmm. and I came up to you and I don't know why. I think the spirit just breathed this question in my ear and I just blurted out, Mary, how do you pray? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was years ago. Was I that remember. at the end of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you said you started this beautiful story about this picture that you had, and it wasn't a picture, it was actually a place that you could go to. Yeah. And you described it and you described the atmosphere and the 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 mm-hmm. senses and the this the the way it felt on your feet, the way it, it felt in your heart, the way the, the light hit certain things. And then you mm-hmm. said there was a storm. Yeah. Yeah. And it wiped it out. Yeah. And the next time you went to pray, you couldn't get there. Yeah. And I'll say that that has has absolutely spoken to me so mm-hmm. many times in mm-hmm. my life. And mm-hmm. and the fact that you continue to live that yeah. is amazing, Mary. Mm-hmm. So first, I remember thank that you. conversation. Do you? Oh yes, I do. I I remember you both telling me about it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was monumental for yeah. me. And so now that place is back. Really? But I didn't make it come back. It just came back. So you're able to trust that when you enter these moments, whatever's coming is both you and not you. Or or how do you see that? What other people Um, might say is just imagination. Right. 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 Um, It feels like a collaboration. Like, some of it feels from God, like from this greater loving presence all around that is so much more than me. And some of it feels like I'm working with that presence, Mm -hmm. like almost like we're having an, an imaginative conversation, like, oh, what about this? Let's try that on. Oh, that doesn't fit. And, you know, but... Some of it feels like I feel the work of, like trying things on, of imagining, like that imagining energy. And some of it is just gift, like um, a picture shows up in my mind. And you go with it. And I go with it. You just let it go where it goes. Right. Because I trust, I trust God. <laughs> I trust but the process of prayer. We're, we're, Steve and I are both, like, that's profound, actually, right? Wow. Because most of us are, like, trying to control the thing so much. And yeah. Like, oh, trust, what? You know, like, picture, what? I mean, so that's profound. Well, it's all practice, right? Just and pra- play, right? Just practice and play. And if I feel uncomfortable, like, I don't know if I'm doing this right, and I start to feel like, uh, you know, oh, am I taking this too far? Then I just pray about that. I just say, oh, yeah. Yeah. well, God, I don't know if I, if this is right. I don't know if this is you. So I'm just going to trust you with this and ask you to make it good. So how useful is that 
fear or condemnation when you're trying to pray and you're not sure if it's working, you're saying, don't even let that play. Take that even mm -hmm. to God and say, yeah. I'd like this to be meaningful. I'd like this to be mm -hmm. sincere, real. Right. Well, I think that fear even is can can be our own minds trying to contribute to the process of us being well and whole. It's saying, hey, I don't know if this is right, and I want to be right with God, you know? And so even that, I know we think of fear as bad, but I think even fear can be this message where we say, we listen to it, and it can take us to a deeper place. Because if I pray that prayer, I... I'm uncomfortable, I'm not sure, but I think this is right, then I am having a more intimate interaction. Wow. Whew. That's good. Thank you. That's really good. <laughs> All right. I'll go now. Well, we're going to wrap it up. So why don't, why don't, do yeah. A, how do you wrap it up? Yeah. How do you wrap, babe, you, you want to, how do, do, we wrap do you have it a thought up? to wrap it up? A prayer or something? I don't know. Maybe we'll just bless the listeners. Okay. May you be well. Mm. May you be provided for. May there be light and nourishment and love for you in any way that can get in for you. Amen. Mm.